and welcome to the Promenade Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Reyes, and on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be having a roundtable discussion about Star Trek The Cruise 4 that happened last month. Okay, so I guess we'll start with Debbie, if, if you can just um, introduce yourself. Um, I'm Debbie Reinke. I live in Pleasanton, California, and this was my first time to go on a Star Trek cruise and my second cruise ever. And next we have Thad. I'm Thad Haight. I'm, I live in uh, Pennsylvania. This was my first Star Trek cruise and my first cruise. Next we have Scott. I'm Scott Sterling. I live in Virginia, and this was my second cruise and second Star Trek cruise. And next we have Jenny. I'm Jenny. I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, this is my second cruise also. Okay. And finally, we have Amy. Hi, this is Amy Nelson. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and this is my first Star Trek cruise. Okay. So, well, I guess my first question is, I heard that at the hotel the night before, a bunch of people got together and tried to recreate the experience of the Masquerade Bar. Did any of you attend that? Yeah, I did. Sad to, yeah. Okay, what was that like? I mean, uh, I would say kind of similar to Masquerade. There were a lot of people there. I only knew a handful of people, so I didn't actually spend that much time there. Uh, but uh, I would say harder than the Masquerade because the bar was sort of like off in its own area. And if you wanted to get there, you had to walk through a throng of people. Whereas masquerade is sort of like out more in the open, unless you're in the bar itself, it still spit, it spills out onto the, the casino floor and it's more open. Whereas this was not quite so open, but this had an outdoor area, which you don't do in STLV for obvious reasons. Okay. So was it packed? It was pretty full. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, there were a lot of people. It was difficult to get to the bar, just like at STLV. There was a lot of, I could tell a lot of people that had been on the cruise before that they, you know, had their own people. But everywhere you looked, it was Star Trek people. So very reminiscent of Masquerade Bar. Okay. So then that leads me to my next question. So how overall, how was the cruise similar and different to STLV? It's similar as in you're surrounded by a whole bunch of Trekkies, um, but different because it's more immersed, like you're closer to the other people. You see the celebrities more often than Vegas. Uh, you, you tend to make more friends faster on the cruise than you do in STLV. I would think, because you're hmm. not much. You see the same people every day when you're walking down the hall or going to the panel. Different because the panels were different. The shows were different. Very much different than STOV. Two main things that um, I noticed were different was, first of all, time lost in transit. At STLV, if I decide I'm tired or I want to drop off something I bought, I have to make a 45-minute trek one way to my room, drop it off, whatever, <clears throat> and then 45 minutes back if I, like, run. Um, so in the morning, if I want to just go get a bite and then come back, it's like a huge 
multi-hour ordeal. And you'll miss, if you look at the clock and go, oh my gosh, there's a panel starting. It, at, at STLV, it's like, oh, well, so sad, too bad, you missed it. On the ship, I could go from my room and be at a panel that was starting, you know, in five minutes and um, and make it. And then zoom all the way to the other side of the ship in just minutes to get to something else. So I really noticed a huge difference in um, transit time, not losing time trying to just get places. I could instead spend my time doing things instead of getting to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really good point, Debbie. I didn't even consider that. But yeah, you could hit things and yeah, quickly run up to your room. And if one's on one end of the ship and you got to go to the other, it's yeah, you know, 10 minute walk. Okay, you can do that and not miss much. Um Interesting enough, I felt that I was able to make more friends at STLV versus on the cruise because I don't know if it was just me, but I felt like everyone was on the cruise, like knew each other. I I don't know. Maybe I was just a little out of my element, but I felt um, a little bit more comfortable at STLV for some reason. Maybe it's because I've been there so many times. And I have developed a lot of relationships, you know, for people who come to STLV. So there is really a lot of people on the cruise that I didn't uh, know as well as I know at the convention. So for me, I would have flip-flopped that. But one of the major differences, and I think was brought up, was the shows. And I wish that the convention would have the variety and not just the same old panels of talking about a show that's 30 years old. I mean, there was, you know, they, the actors were more creative. You can see like the light in their eyes, like when they did that uh, Dawson reading, um, they did like a, whose line is it anyways? They did Hollywood squares, the nine Hollywood squares. Like they were, way different panels than what we have at the convention. And I wish that they would transfer that to the convention because I felt like the actors had a way more better time on the cruise than just going and talking on a panel. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Definitely different format. I mean, we still had the panels that you get at the convention. Um, Mm -hmm. They had, they, they had the panels with like for, each group of actors from the show that they were on, like there was the discovery panel and the Voyager panel with the TNG panel, etc. But uh, yeah, uh, at STLV, that's all you get is you get the panels with the actors doing stuff. But here, like Nana visitor did a cooking demonstration and uh, Gates McFadden did tap dancing and Garrett Wong did stand up, and you don't get anything like that at the convention. Right. I think some of that is because logistically, you know, you've got maybe what, 25 celebrities on a ship for eight days and you have, you know, X, no, I'm sorry, I'm a math teacher. You have X number of panels that you have to fill up. So of course people are going to have to appear multiple times each. So it's kind of a benefit of the cruise because they've got to be on stage, say four or five times, but they got to be doing different stuff each time or we would, 
we would quit showing up to their stuff if they just did the standard panels. Whereas at STLV, you've got, you know, a hundred and something stars and only five days, four and a half technically. Mm. So you're only going to see each person maybe once, maybe twice if they're in a panel and a solo thing. So I think mm-hmm. logistically, you know, that's a big difference, but I really like the the cruise format. You know, I'd rather get to know 25 celebrities well and get to see them goof around and see who they are as people than watch them once a year for an hour, give the same speech. I've seen them give for the last 10 years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. About how people do what facilities probably are. Like I didn't know Ethan Billett played saxophone. He was so good. That was such a fun surprise. Yeah, I yeah it definitely was. I'm sorry. So, so well, I guess that would bring my next question. So, was the programming all day like STLV, or did they split it up, or how did that work? It, for the most part, was all day. It would start around 10 and go till 12.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, depending on if you did parties at night. Like Just like STLV. You can build your own schedule. You can do what you want. You're like you can stay up all day and all night, or you can do day activities, get a bite to eat, go back to your cabin and and relax. It's just whatever you want to do. It also depends if we're in port because if we were in port, the activities kind of there's still activities there, but just not as much because you know people off the ship going to the ports. But when we have sea days, man, there's all kinds of panels and activities and. Guy and I, we did a mixology class with Casey Biggs and learned how to make alcohol drinks. I mean, who would you think you'd be making alcohol drinks with Casey Biggs? You know? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, when you were talking about um, one thing that would be really cool, because, like, if you get back to your room, you could just turn on the TV and there was, like, three different stations of just 24 hours Star Trek. So... You just flip through. I mean, I only caught it a few times. And then, like, on the pool, they had the big screen, and they would show movies, like, during the day or also, you know, late at night. So there was Star Trek on, like, 24-7. So if you needed to take that time of – I mean, there was a couple times where I was like, okay, I just need to be by myself right now. And so you could just go to your cabin or just go hang out at the pool and just watch some Star Trek, you know, and gain some composure with all that was going on. I mean, there was a lot going on. So I did like that aspect of it. And I wonder how much that if creation did that at the Rio and just had, you know, dedicated channel for Star Trek. (laughs) They also had a dedicated channel. If you missed a panel, they were simulcast it to that channel. Oh, yeah. I helped because there was a situation where I had to wait in my cabin because let's just say um, a toilet got over, was overflowing and I was missing mm. the office panel. But I could turn it on and at least watch it to while I was waiting for the maintenance guy to come and, you know, take care of the issue. It was mm-hmm. really, though I was not in the room itself, I still can, um, you know, watch the panel. Simulcast was awesome because then you don't really have to worry about missing out on stuff. I have my schedule here in my hand. On day two, we were at sea. The activity started at 9 a.m. and lasted until 2 a.m. And Mm -hmm. 
I just found that the the late night parties and stuff were so much fun that um, mm-hmm. I was actually having trouble getting sleep because it was too much fun. I didn't want to waste my time sleeping. Yeah, I agree. I saw the pictures, so because I know they were doing were they doing karaoke almost every night? Um, yes, but it was different hosts. So like one mm-hmm. night it was Chase hosting, and um, who were the other karaoke hosts? There was like the Mary Discovery, Chifo. Mary Chupo and Ken and yeah, Mitchell was there and yeah. Yeah. And there was, there were like special event karaoke's several nights. And then every evening at one of the bars, there was just like regular bar karaoke as well. Right. Yeah. That's right. At the schooner bar or something. Yeah. So did you feel that you had much more access to the celebrities than you did in Vegas? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, because you would just see them walking around or, like, hanging out at the bar or whatever. Not all the celebrities, but like, some of them kept at... to themselves, but... But don't you see that at Las Vegas? But Yeah, but the thing in Vegas is they're always, like, trying to get somewhere. They're in a hurry to get somewhere. They're with, uh, mm. they're usually with their handlers. They're surrounded by handlers. My experience on the ship, like, we just boarded the ship. We were just saying hi to our friends. Not everybody was even on the ship yet. And Ethan Phillips was like, or not Ethan Phillips, oh my God, Ethan Peck was waving to my friend, Kevin, and just like standing there waving. And I looked and I was like, the heck, that guy looks like Ethan Peck. And then Kevin's (laughs) like, you should wave back. That's Ethan Peck. I was like, what? (laughs) But yeah, he was just like by himself, just on the ship, just waving to people and saying hi. And they would stop and chat with you. I was waiting Mm. to go in for dinner one night and Chase was coming out and she's, she just stopped and chatted with me for like 10 minutes. Hmm. On the first year we went, so Scott and I second year, on the first year we went, I was in the, uh, what do you call it, like the buffet area. It went, was wind jammer, but it was something else in the um, jade. And I was carrying soup. And so, you know, you're kind of watching my shoe, not going to tip the soup over when the ship's rocking. I almost run into John Delancey with my hot soup in my, bo- in my hand. And hmm. then, I was so sorry. I didn't realize it was John Delancey and then looked up, saw him, went to put my uh, bow on the table, and all of a sudden he comes to our table and asks to eat lunch with us. Wow. And he wow. sat down at our table and had lunch with us in the middle of the uh, uh, buffet area. And he was talking about he had some scripts that he was going to give another teacher that was on board and gave us her description. As we're talking, we all kept an eye out for her to help him out. It was a really cool experience. My next question would be, because I know a lot of you love to do cosplay, so if you can go through the logistics of how you were able to pack all of your cosplay stuff to go either on the plane to fly to Miami and how you got it onto the ship. I know I'm a big cosplayer. Who else in this group is cosplay peeps? Scott and I cosplay. We do. I cosplay, but I was keeping it low key mostly on the cruise. I didn't. I didn't actually bring any uniforms with me this time. I, I did a... the most cosplay I've ever done. Wow! Wow! On the cruise. <laughs> That's cool. My problem with uh-huh. cosplay is that my husband and I like to get really elaborate, and so mm-hmm. we have a lot of gear, and we drive to Vegas. So we have a giant mom van that holds eight people and we pack it all the way to the ceiling and we drive that thing 10 hours to Vegas. We had to fly. 
So we really had to make like some serious hard choices. And I mean, it was down to the last day or two. I was still saying, I don't think we should try to take Trillian and Teresa. That wig's going to get ruined or the velvet's going to get crushed or whatever. Um, we took them. Uh, we wound up having to bring each, each of us checked a bag and each of us carried a bag. That's what and I did. I'm putting all of my cosplays in my carry-on and then all my normal clothes and, you know, in, in check bag. I um, could totally see that because I hate letting other people be in charge of my cosplay. Cause it's like, if it gets mm. lost, oh my gosh, what a and heartbreaker. Almost all of mine are handmade, but if I need, I, if they get lost, like clothes, okay, they get lost, but you can't replace cosplays. You just can't. Yeah, I know. That blue velvet jacket had to get checked, and I was just scared the whole time. I put all my shoes and my carry-on because shoes are the most heaviest thing. And, of course, this year's cosplays, each cosplay had, you know, a different pair of shoes to go with it. <laughs> so that was fun, trying to figure out how to put rain boots and knee-high boots and white sneakers all in my carry-on. One of the things I did with my cosplay is, because um, most of my cosplay have like a dedicated pair of shoes for this outfit and a dedicated pair of shoes for that outfit. So I tried to pick stuff that I could use like the same pair of boots for three different cosplays, the same pair of heels for three different. So I, I did make a concerted effort in my choices to minimize the shoes because shoes are huge. I we, bring, we bring about 10 to 12 pair each for um, Vegas, we have a giant tub that's just shoes. But I did enter the costume contest. There is a costume contest there. Um, it's not as great as as TLV. I think STLV has a lot better, uh, let's say, system than um, Cruise. But they're still learning. You know, ECP is still learning how to do the costume contest. This year. They poorly planned where they're going to prejudge. I think that was the issue. But also the judges didn't know who I was at all. And that's your character. I was a doctor, yeah. I was in the red scrubs. Wow, and they didn't recognize that? No. <laughs> that's unfortunate. But you know, they did a good choice. They all the people who they won did a wonderful job. But just, you know, they had it in the middle of the ship. Okay, so in the ship, there was this big, like, hallway, the promenade. That's, like, the main core of the ship. That's how you go from one end to the other. And they had that. They had the um, costume contest basically at the, in the middle of the promenade. Still fun. Costumes were fun. Every night had theme night. So, you know, we had a um, pajama, Chase's pajama party. Um, then we had Rise of Night and Captain Proton Night, Heroes and Villains, and then the Costume Contest. Yeah. I'm missing one. Mm, I think you got uh, it. The Gorn's uh, Gala. Basically yeah. like the oh, yep. dressing. Yeah. Dressy Uppy Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just yeah. want to clarify. So it, the Gorn's Gala was separate from the Klingon Rave? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Orange Gala was um, like a dress-up theme. Okay. You know, like, like you have that you know, theme. dance. Get all dressed up, like on a normal cruise. That's basically what they're trying to do. 
Okay. So did you see any cosplays on the cruise that you were um, shocked or surprised to see? There was a I was not expecting to see people be space stock in the whale probe, especially with the giant costumes they had. I have no idea how they got those on the ship. So someone hmm. did do the whale. That was Lana. Yep. Wasn't that Lana and Andy? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes, it was. You're right, Debbie. Somebody dressed up as the coil for a prey and uh was it the bird prey or was it Romilly? It was the Klingon one. Clean up our prey, and then they had what else? Um, well, there was a lady who did the crystalline entity that yep. that was kind of a neat thing to see, something yeah. I haven't seen at SDOV. Uh, there was a uh, pike in the wheelchair with Telosians, that was good too. Oh, yeah. The thing that blew me away was the queue with the, with the chair, like and, how huge that was. Yeah, that was good too. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, explain this to me. So was he walking in the chair, or does it look like he was sitting in the chair? Well, both. He had, like, a construction built around him so that the the human being, of course, was standing and walking. But he had built around him a chair with, like, fake legs so that it looked like he was Q sitting in the chair, just floating mm-hmm. around. And did, yeah. were there lights on that? There was lights on it. Yeah, I thought there were lights on that. How did he get that in his stateroom? (laughs) (laughs) It came apart. I watched him because he took it off to go into the bar to get a drink. And um, the whole chair contraption, like, all was modular and came apart. And then they had to put it back together to go into the contest. But I just, I don't know if y'all, but Austin, we had a spacious stateroom. And it was still kind of small sometimes. Yeah, I don't I think was in the they tiny room. together in the hallway. I think they had to wait till they got to the promenade and assemble it. Probably. Yeah, the wow. hallway was small. There's no way. Something else different about STLV than um, between the cruise and STLV is on the cruise, we have door decorations. And there's a contest for door decorations. Where people there were some really cool ones, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were. Uh, where people would decorate their doors. Now, I wish we do that in Vegas. I think that'd be fun. To walking down the halls and see other people's decorations on the door. Well, it's different nice... in Vegas because people would be spread out throughout the hotel, and not everyone in the hotel is there for STOV. And there's so many different floors that you'd never see them all. Whereas it was, it would be pretty easy on the cruise to just walk through all the halls and see all the doors. You say that, but Scott and I tried to do that, and we got lost. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> that in oh, Vegas, yeah, you know, trekkies like you know, on the cruise, there are no non-trekkies except the staff, and some of them are trekkies too. Right? So, yeah. In Vegas, you have a a lot of people who are still kind of like, "What the heck is going on here?" Right? But on the cruise, it's a hundred percent immersion. Yeah, and I will say, getting lost, like. All week long, I kept confusing which was for and which was aft. Yeah, I missed that on the on the old cruise and the first ship and the Norwegian. They had red herrings and little fish, so all the fish would tell you which one was forward on the carpet. So I wish oh, they nice. had more Caribbean, but at yeah, least the had... elevators told us what day of the week it was. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> Yeah, we always would uh, get in the elevator and be like, hey, you know, it's Thursday. And like everybody was in there, or, you know, whatever day of the week it happened to be. 
when we first got on, I thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. And by the third day, I was like, oh, thank God that's here. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> so it was a lot easier to lose time as opposed to SPOV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just It's like now. You're in an isolated environment. You don't have, like, outside stimulus reminding you what day of the week it is or anything. Okay, so moving on. So what were some of the memorable experiences and moments of the cruise for each of you? There's too many to choose from. Well, what about uh, first day from last year? Oh, okay. First day from last year. That was, that's probably a good memory. Uh, it was my birthday the day we land, uh, we got on last year. So we're getting on, and we know how you get on, you get lost and confused, and you're trying to figure things out. Scott and I were trying to turn down the stairs and all of a sudden run into somebody. We both go, oh, sorry. Looked up and they walked by. Realized it was Will Wheaton. That we totally just ran into. We ran into Will Wheaton. Didn't even realize it was him until after he already passed. That's a great experience for last year's, uh, you know, 2019 screws. It was really nice. That was a great experience. I think for me, one of my favorites was we actually got to see the episode of Picard we were going to miss. They put that on the theater, and watching that episode with, what, 1,500 other people in there, everybody's cheering, was a great moment. That was really special, getting to see that surrounded by, you know, because usually when we watch that, we're at home and we're not with our people. But to get to watch it all together was super cool. For me, another really big highlight, and it's going to sound weird, but... Because I was going and I knew some people already and I was going on this cruise mainly because my friends were going on it and I went to see them. So we notified the cruise line ahead and we had a table in the dining room reserved every night for dinner. We ate dinner uh, together most nights. Some nights people would have a thing or whatever, but most of the time, most of us were there and getting to see them every day and catch up every day and have that time set aside to just visit with my Trek friends was really a big part of the cruise for me. But it's also nice if you didn't, if you didn't set that up prior to, you get set with random people every day when you went to go eat. And that was cool too, because you got to meet new people every time you had dinner. I think we had dinner one night with a group from Australia. It was the yeah. other half of our table and just listening to their point of view on it was really cool. We learned about uh, German country dancing. <laughs> I totally forgot about the group, but yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, I was in a, a group that we had arranged ahead of time that we also had a table, and it was nice. Um, the, probably my my one of my favorite memories. Um, so there were various at the different ports. There were various excursions, uh, either things you could do just with a group of people from the ship, or some some of them were celebrity led excursions that you you know, paid for ahead of time. And one of the ones that I had paid for was a walking tour of uh, San Juan with the Na visitor. So it was just a group of us and the Na getting a guided tour around various parts of San Juan. And at one point uh, I'm just taking a picture and she taps me on the shoulder. She's like, let's do a selfie. So <laughs> I got a selfie with the Na visitor. Oh, that's nice. I heard she was doing that with a lot of people. Yeah, she was. Because they're not supposed to, because um, officially they're not supposed to do selfies because uh, they're paying for photo ops on the sh on the ship. But Nana didn't care, and she just got one with everybody. 
That's an interesting um, take on it. You know, it's like, no, no, don't take selfies because then people won't pay for the photo. But that's not true. It's a completely different kind of photo and it's a different. Oh, it is. But that's what um, ECP was telling the celebrities. Like uh, I heard there was also a walking tour of San Juan with Wilson Cruz. And I heard from some people that were on that, that he said that he wasn't allowed to do selfies. Right. I was was on that one. Yeah, it was, you know, ECP's first time working with um, Royal Caribbean, so they had a lot of issues with the um, excursions, but in, in an unusual twist of fate, I had just made the decision since it was our first time, and people were, like, struggling, and the, the excursions were a hassle. I just said, hey, let's just not do any. I'm not going there to go riding ATVs or whatever. I'm going there to be with my friends and my people. So out of the four days we were in port, Two of them, I didn't even leave the ship. And one of them, I only left the ship for like a half hour. Oh, yeah, that was me too, because um, I've been on cruises before, and my purpose was to go and, you know, be with friends. So I was able to join you for dinner once at the table. I was glad to do that. Um, And so getting off to see the places wasn't really the main thing. I was really there to experience the Star Trek and my friends that had come and, you know, Thad and I got to spend a day at the pool together and it just, that's why I was there. So the excursions were sort of secondary. The cruise was just because that's where my friends were going to be. So I agree with you, Debbie, on that point. Yeah, we went, we got off every day except for, well, demand public, but that's because it was not safe to get off. Because <laughs> uh, we had you had to basically take a tender, you take a boat over, and it was really wavy, and it was it was terrible. But we already did two excursions. Um, we did a rainforest and Puerto Rico, which that was amazing. That was that was a lot of fun. Amazing. Um, and then we did like a shopping and beach tour, and uh, the Bahamas, and. I just say it was okay. It was an okay experience. Um, but it was still fun. I mean, you don't have to do excursions. You can just get off a couple hours, walk around the little main port, and then get back on and do all the, you know, stuff on the trek on the ship. Yeah, that's what we did at St. Thomas. We just got out, went did a little bit of shopping, and got back on the ship. The only excursion I did was the one in San Juan. I got off the ship in St. Thomas and the and Freeport, but I didn't stay off for long. I was only off for a little bit just to walk around and then get back on the ship. Uh, the one thing I did hear from people who did a lot of photos that uh, that wasn't managed all that well, that people ended up waiting in line hours for photos. So, the, so Scott and I did, since we booked last year's cruise on to this year's cruise, we got the uh, Voyager cast photo. The problem they had was uh, Kate McGrew was only on the ship for a few days. So they had to throw all of her photo ops in one day. We only had really one sea day to get all those photo ops in. So poor Kate McGrew was sitting there for hours. And it was just poor planning. But um, that was the second, first day, because first day was a sea day. First real day, I should say. I want to count the day of boarding day. First real day of a cruise, um, we got in line at we got in line and it took us two hours fifteen minutes to go from end of the line to the very front to get the photo op. 
But let me just tell you, they did try to fix it because I went and did the Wilson Cruz photo and it was a lot faster and they started putting chairs throughout the whole entire line so you can sit down. You're not standing for that period of time. And it went by really fast. I think they finally figure out how to manage it. I was going to say, even for some like the outdoor events, when it, the days where it was really, really windy, they had Studio B, which is technically the ice rink on the ship. They cleared all out of the ice. They had events going on in there, but they moved like a lot of the outdoor con concerts down there as well. And almost instantly, they just made an announcement, hey, the place is changing. So they were on those type of things ECP was on top of. Yeah, I was impressed with their flexibility about, you know, having backup plans for the bad weather because, man, was it windy. And um, It was very windy. It wasn't until, like, the last couple days that it was, like, our last sea day was the only sea day that it was actually, like, worth going up on deck and doing anything. Mm -hmm. I know I had all these plans of laying around by the pool, and I went up there and went, nope, too windy, too cold, I'm out. So the didn't do the yoga this year because I know in years past Terry Farrell I think it's Terry Farrell would do yoga out on deck uh, I did a workout with Rob Perlman in his new book uh, Body by Starfleet he did a class out there and I did went, went and did one of those and I think they did yoga a few times yeah Mary Chipo had yoga it was yep. awesome because she was giving the commands in, in Klingon and English yeah, that was on day four, but it was at 9 a.m. You know, if you stay out till 2 in the morning dancing, it's very hard to get up at 9 for yoga. I did not I know, do anything at same. 9 a.m. I was still sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's the same with STLV, where they have these panels starting at 9 and 10 a.m. And if you're out late, those are very difficult. And so I missed those because I wanted to do uh, that Body by Starfleet, for sure, with Rob Perlman. So I'm a little jealous, so that's awesome. I, I wish they would have it a little bit later in the day. I forced this message you have to go to that last one because I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. They did have um, Anson Mount did a couple recordings of his The Well podcast, um, and I went to those because I'm, you know, big into podcasting, and that was just great. I wish... You know, again, I wish they would do those type of things at SPLV, but I understand why they don't, I guess. They could just hire fewer people and have, you know, have them appear more than once. They're already paying for their room and transportation to be there. Why not, as part of their contract, have them do two panels instead of one or three instead of two? You know what I mean? I just, I think that the variety would enhance the experience and reduce the I I agree. And there are plenty of rooms that aren't being used in that convention center. They could just have, you know, a smaller room and, you know, Anson can do his podcast or, you know, one of the rooms and have a little yoga or body by Starfleet. I mean, there's a lot of rooms at the convention that definitely could be used. Well, I think they, that's what they used at the Forest Kelly Theater for, because I know that Mission Log and Women at Work both did their live podcasts in, in that room. So they have a room already where they can do that. So that that's Yeah, something. and they could have other rooms. That's, yeah, what I'm saying, like to have the variety of not just straight panels, you know, but to have those awesome other things going on. Or just hire like but then again, 
But then again, then it's like, oh, I want to be at three places at once. And I found that happening on the cruise a lot, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. which one do I go to? That's true of all con- all big cons, though, don't you think? Like, the only oh, time yeah. I don't really, well, no, that's not true. I was going to say I don't get that experience too much at SBI because they only have the one big room. But that's not true because they have a whole bunch of little rooms doing all, all sorts of stuff. I think that's just the con goer's dilemma. For sure. There's always going to be the time when you want to go to three three things, and then there's always going to be the time when you don't want to go to any of the things. And, <laughs> yep. I have to say, I didn't have that experience much on the cruise, though. Like, I would look at the schedule, and I didn't have, like, chunks of time where I wasn't interested in anything. If anything, I was concerned because some there wasn't um, transit time between. Like, a panel would go from 9 to 10, and the next one would start at 10. Instead of going yeah. from like nine to nine fifty or nine fifty five, so there wasn't. Transit. On the bright side, though, you could still get from one to the next pretty quickly, so it wasn't usually a problem. Yeah. But if you wanted to have like a good seat in the main theater, you needed to join that line half an hour early. Yeah. So wait, were, were there issues where if the room was full, that was it? They wouldn't let you in. Mm. Really That's never- theoretically going to happen, but that could theoretically happen, but I don't think it ever actually did. Well, the Garrett Wayne comedy, that was standing room. I didn't even see him, and they didn't have the videos going, so I only heard his comedy because that was cram-packed but all the way. they didn't turn you away, did they? No, we just sat on the side, and, you know, I couldn't see his facial expressions or anything, but, you know, but a lot of the other ones they had, like was mentioned before, the sim- simulcast. And so I was in a different room when the main, you know, was all filled up. I just went to the other room. Well, I think that was a a special thing because they did not anticipate how awesome he was going to be and how well received. So a lot of people, the word got out. Many people went to both shows. I I myself, so I'm sorry, Amy, I was probably sitting in your seat. (laughs) uh, Yep, that was you, Debbie. It was. Yeah, I went to both shows too. So sorry, Amy. Uh, but uh, th- that was—that's actually one of the things. The main entertainment, because every night there was one big show uh, in the main theater, and they actually had that split up into two groups. Everybody, when you sign up for the cruise, you decided whether you wanted to be have the later entertainment or the earlier entertainment. I went with the later so that I could have dinner first and then do whatever. Um, but a lot of people were the other way around, and that meant that there were absolutely enough seats for the half of the people that had that were for that had the passes for that entertainment now what actually ended up happening is the room never filled up because not everybody went so then they would actually let people who had the pass for the right. other one in after everybody after the line had gone in yeah it wasn't that well monitored which i was fine cuz there was plenty of space for the main shows like that yeah it was more modern. Well, they were pretty strict about it for the people who lined up to get in. You had to have the right colored pass for that show. But once the line had gone in, those people had sat down, then they just let anyone in. It was appropriate. They weren't filling up. You know, maybe if... maybe. Oh, if yeah. No, I'm saying that's good. Up. That's yeah. that's fine. I have no problem with the way they did that. I yeah. think that worked out fine. Um, nice. But that's how, in theory the room could have filled up, but it wouldn't have been technically a problem. 
Oh, I'd be willing to bet, though, that Garrett, if he's there next year, he's going to get the big room for his stand-up because yeah, probably. It yeah. Was just yeah, a- I think so. Yeah, his was a hit both times. I think the power of Delancey will make sure that he gets the bigger room. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sometimes Robert. it almost makes me want to go back again because uh, John Delancey is going to write Spock versus Q and have a different ending. Did you notice that? It's like it's going to happen in 2021. Definitely like, oh, should go next back here. He yeah, and he's like, "Yep, I'm going to write uh, you know, a, more onto the script, so I'm tempted. You can to still go buy back. a ticket, Amy. You should come back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is he going to have Ethan Peck or Zachary Quinto play Spock? Oh, I'm sure it'll be. It Ethan would be Peck. Ethan Peck. I doubt they would ever get yeah. Zachary Quinto on the cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Scott and I already signed up for next year. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I signed up on the ship. The yeah. discount. We did, we did too. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not funny. Uh, no. It is not. And last time so last, it sold out like yeah, last that. year it sold out in like two weeks, but I think um, the coronavirus has also, made that a little. Yeah. So it will shine us on it this year. I think that's why it sold out fast because people want to go see. Oh yeah. It's the first year Shatner. He uh, they sold it out too. That's when they went and they had the second the next week whatever. Once that's why. And it's also the Voyager 25th this year, so there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think Kate that... Mul- a lot of people yeah. went for Kate Mulgrew, too. Yep, yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. She always is, though. Yeah, we, uh... Oh, sorry, oh, Robert. No, oh, no, go ahead, Scott. Yeah. I was going to say, we got in the elevator with Kate Mulgrew, and the elevators were all decked out. They had, like, cardboard cutouts that were, like, decals on them, and she was standing right in front of Janeway. <laughs> we got on there, and then Jenny was in front of her, and I just kind of grinned, like, this is great. <laughs> Sad thing, it's Inet. I didn't even notice it was her. Because when you get into, sh- in the, uh, into the elevators, a lot of times they get really crowded. So I suggest taking the stairs if you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely faster. I only took the elevator when I wanted to go up on deck. Otherwise, if it was only three or four flights, I would just take the stairs. Yeah. Like, you want to go up to deck 12, and you're on deck 5, I, I, more power to you. But uh, the elevators are slow and crowded. So I didn't know. We actually chose our room for next year on a different floor because it's more strategically located to the floors we needed to go to. We, we loved our yeah. decks. Let's move to a, um, a inside cabin with promenade view instead of the uh, window view just to save money. I have the tiny little hole in the wall inside cabin with no view that when you wake up in the morning, you have no idea what time it is. And that's what I'm getting again because it's cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Ours was the promenade view and the music (laughs) kept us up a little late. Of course, only a couple nights because usually I was down at the parties, but there was a couple (laughs) times I'm like, okay, when are they going to (laughs) stop? Yeah, I was afraid of that. So we actually took the the balcony, uh, mm-hmm. the outside balcony, and I was kind of surprised how big the room was. I expected it to be this teeny tiny little squished room, and it honestly, I thought the tiny room because the little interior room with no window. 
I was expecting a hole in the wall that you could barely move in. And I thought it was, it was bigger than I was expecting, especially um, my roommate and I, we had, we were doing the two twin beds, which I think gives you a lot more room uh, to move around in the room than if you have the single double bed, uh, because then you have the space in between the beds to walk around. But it, it was perfectly fine for two people for a week, especially because, you know, you're only in there to sleep in maybe an hour or two. Um, I will say I was going to make this a one-time thing just to experience the cruise, but like day Mm -hmm. two is when I signed the paper and paid and like, I'll go next year. (laughs) That that, that actually was us the the first year we woke up the second day and we're like, yeah, we're coming back for 2020. Say the rooms. I actually thought the bathrooms were actually bigger than I was expecting. Because last oh, year's yeah. bathroom was a lot smaller. Even though the shower looks like, you know, you look like you're getting into a transporter. Cause it's a rap- See, that was cool. I liked that because it felt like you were <laughs> yeah. getting in a transporter. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so the ship was bigger this year? It was a newer ship? So it was bigger than the one last year? Didn't they yeah, say it had it like was. a thousand more people or something? Yeah. Yeah, there was more people. Yeah. This bigger ship. Fun fact. This year's ship was almost the same size as the USS Voyager. It was like within like Aww. a couple hundred feet in length. It was. And it has the same number of decks. Yeah, it was actually oh, a Voyager awesome. class ship. <laughs> nice. The one thing though that I really I'm kind of sad because I guess I've heard I've heard and maybe it's not true, but they were planning to go into dry dock and do this math, massive retrofit and yeah. now we're with what's happened, they can't financially do that. And I'm kind of yep. sad because I was really looking forward to them upgrading the Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, the Wi-Fi uh, uh, pro tip. We don't think, expect yeah. the surf and stream Wi-Fi to actually work to allow you to stream anything. It's not just that. We couldn't connect at all. We had no Yeah, Wi-Fi. there was that too. Zero. And we paid 200 and something dollars for it. And had absolutely no connection in our room ever. And it so- worked everywhere but the room for me. Like in the room, it would work some of the time, but usually I would have to like disconnect and reconnect, and it would work for five minutes, and then I had to disconnect and reconnect too. But it would work fine if we're else on the ship, but not in my room. Mine just wouldn't. Like I would, I would never be interactively using it. Like I would do something offline. Then while I was walking around at some point, my phone would connect and upload and exchange data. And I'd look later and be like, Oh, look, there's all your. And so I never actually had like a moment where I was. Well, even when it was working, it was very slow. I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to pay for the, uh, supposedly faster package next year. I'm just going to get the basic one. I'm not going to pay for two devices. Our second device never worked, not once ever. We never got the Wi-Fi package because we flashed the first year we went. We got locked out when we got to port. There was free Wi-Fi. But then when we got on this cruise um, and we got to Puerto Rico and we couldn't find any free Wi-Fi within walking distance before our excursion, we end up buying the bullet and you know paying for the rest of the cruise. Um, only problem, we only bought one device and we trade back and forth. Because you're on the crew, you're not meant to be on the internet and you know all this stuff. You're meant to be kind of disconnected. But you also need to be kind of connected to your friends and family and make sure it's okay and telling you're okay. Um, but sometimes, and when we're in our cabin, it will work and all of a sudden it's cut off. Like after like a certain amount of time, it will just cut off. 
So that's the only problem we had with Wi-Fi was it would work in our cabin. Now we were in the ship. We were basically almost actually we we're the last room before you hit the um, aft rooms, like the aft balcony rooms. So we were the very last room. Can I ask what deck? Six. Really? We I was at deck six on the other end. We had no signal, not ever. <laughs> we we could I couldn't get signal in the um, theater room. It would never work in the palace theater. Oh, that always worked for me. If you look on the vanity, they had old Ethernet cable wiring. So at one point, they were wired, and you could cable in and get the Internet. They decided to go to an improved wireless system, and I was just like, give me an Ethernet Well, I mean, most people don't have a, wouldn't go cruising with a device with an Ethernet port. So I can see Mm. why they would do that. Because most newer laptops don't even have Ethernet ports by default anymore. But the ship itself was pretty decent. Um, the one issue, one issue we had was food-wise. There was some day or some times where you just couldn't get any food at all. Yeah, that happened to us. Like, yeah, on port days, like the restaurants were closed for lunch. Which is fine if you were out on the port, out in the port, wanting to get lunch. But what if you stayed on the ship? Well, we, we didn't paint the shit off the ports. Like, if we're paying, if it's for technically free, we're going to eat in the ship, you know? Yeah, it's just the, the Windjammer, the buffet they had there. They had this weird hour between 11 and 12 where they didn't have any food. Or if they did, it was leftover breakfast. I was like, I don't know about y'all, but clock yep. is lunchtime, not br- uh, well, you know, breakfast for time. me, 11 was when I was getting up and going to get breakfast, but that was just me. <laughs> No, it was a lot of us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember looking at the time for the sit-down breakfast in the like regular dining room and thinking, I'm not getting up for that. <laughs> I never saw that big dining room for breakfast, not ever. Same. Who, who would? I guess early birds. People who go yeah, it started like, it was like seven to nine or something. It was yeah. something absurd. Like, <laughs> I realize that lots of old people go on cruises and old people get up early, but you also should cater to people. (laughs) Yes, there are. Fair enough. See, but see, cater to different age groups, and I don't know anyone my age who's on vacation is getting up at seven o'clock for breakfast. No. I mean, you're on vacation. You're supposed to sleep in a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think 10 o'clock is when we usually start waking up around 10. It was 9.30 or 10, depending on if, like, some of the autograph sessions, they were at, like, 9.30 in the morning. I had to get up early for. But other than that, yeah, it was around 10, I think. Yeah, the only time I got up early was when we had to be assembled to go to the San Juan walking tour. And I think that was at like 930 or something. And the last day you had to get up early to get off the ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was that too. Yeah, there was that. Oh, there was also the thing that I don't, that I didn't notice, I didn't find out about until halfway through the cruise because I didn't even look. Um, We got free continental breakfast room service that we could actually mm-hmm. sign up for. You could just put the tag on the door and they would bring it to you. What? <laughs> I didn't Wait, know this. I looked into that and I saw you had to pay for it. No, you had to pay had to... for the hot food, but they would bring you like uh, like continental breakfast stuff for free and coffee for free. 
that was the big one. You could get free coffee in the room because that yes. was a huge deal to me mm-hmm. having to get up and go get my dang coffee. I didn't notice this until like Thursday because I saw it on someone else's door and then I looked at it because they had them in the desk drawer in the oh. room. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait, this is complimentary. Really? You mean I could have had coffee every morning? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I tried. Devastated. Okay, do-overs for next year. Remind me of this, Dad. <laughs> You just don't know me. I have to have to have my coffee. I'm the same way. I was with deck six towards the front of the ship at the so like it was only like I only had to go down one deck and walk like not very far at all to get to the cafe and just stumble there and get coffee in the morning. But <laughs> even better to have someone come to the door with it. <laughs> the one other two time we had been on a cruise, it was a princess cruise, and we had breakfast delivered every morning to the room because I would go sit on the balcony and have my coffee every day. And then I could face the world. But no, I had to make myself presentable to get my stinking coffee. It's funny because my husband's here in the house. He's upstairs, and he heard me make that comment about coffee, and he laughed. He hasn't said one thing, but I heard him laughing when I said, oh, no, me, I need my coffee. <laughs> But the breakfast stuff was, we did it once. Um, I don't care for coffee. I think coffee is disgusting. That's just me. Um, we did a breakfast. It was okay breakfast. Like the continental yeah. the lunch room. It was okay. Like it wasn't the greatest. But if you have an early excursion or something early to get to, it's nice to have that to hold you over until you can go up to the buffet or you can go eat something more than, you know, a couple of muffins, a banana or whatever. You love how we're letting Robert get a word in edgewise. Hi, Robert. Are you still there? Uh, yes. Free continental breakfast. Buy the international plan for my cell phone. Try to see if I can bring a coffee maker onto the ship. <laughs> you can't. They will not you let can't. you do that. <laughs> not. <laughs> That's a fire hazard. Trust me. If it was allowed, I would have had it. Not allowed exactly. Oh, and the one thing you could do is you could bring up to two bottles of wine per stateroom, which that, that's kind of nice to be able to have something, you know, of your own. So that was the only outside liquor they would allow you to bring? That was the only outside yep. liquor they would allow you Even to bring. Even if you bought liquor in a port, they would take it from you when you got on ship and then give it back to you when you left. They did. Some people said they, they lost theirs. Yeah, I saw that. That's so sad. Also, apparently you could bring soda on. Wait, I looked the site and couldn't find it, and then we were standing in line to. You could bring a small amount. It was I forget what the amount was, but it was it was not a lot. But something's better. We did soda package. It was perfectly fine because the soda package. Yeah, I did too until I lost my cup halfway through the week. Oh, oh no! <laughs> you should post that stuff out because you know there are people who like. I know people who bought like the full drink package and never drank one soda and just had the cup like thrown in their room because they just bought it for alcoholic beverages. Well, it still worked. Um, it still worked to order soda like at, at the bar or in the restaurant, but oh. I I didn't have the the cup to go to use at the self serve machines anymore. Oh, yeah, I didn't even bring my cup home. I just left it in the room. Yeah, well, you should have told me that. Oh, that would have been a souvenir for you. Mm-hmm. I had to no. There were people who never like used their cup for the self-service. Thing. No, I didn't use it once. Yeah. So oh, we- next time, if you lose your cup, you know to put it out there that you lost your cup and ask if anybody has one. It's just yeah. And I'm 
I'm planning to get the alcoholic package next year. Yeah, it was, I mean, I know it was a lot and I of course didn't drink as much, but it was just so nice not having to worry about paying for it or just whenever I wanted a drink, I could go get one and not have to worry about it. So the convenience of it. My bar bill was around 200 something and would have been higher if I, if I hadn't been deliberately limiting myself because I knew I was paying for every drink. Right. Yep. I'm not a big drink. alcohol drinker, so we didn't get it. Cause that one problem is Scott likes to drink. I don't. That's the one catches. Yeah, and they do make everyone in the room get the package yeah. so you don't order drinks for other people. Yeah. Yeah. Big alcohol drinker. I you know, I wouldn't make that amount that you pay. But we should I didn't uh, think I would drink a lot, but then I realized I was on a ship all week surrounded by bars and I ended up drinking a lot. Yeah. A friend who literally every time we saw him, he, he had an alcohol uh, beverage in his hand. Oh, and there are a couple there were a couple of times he had one in each hand and he was drinking both almost the same time. It's quite, it was really funny. Well, early on, I realized that they will make frozen banana daiquiris and that they taste delicious. So yeah, I was drinking a lot. Like his death ray was delicious. Oh, some of those themed drinks were cool. And I, I liked how each bar had their own themed drinks. Yeah, I did too. Yes. You had to go to all the bars to see what they had. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. isn't at that bar. Yep, it's only here. Like, all right. <laughs> there was one at Kapla. It was almost like a Long Island IC that was really, really good. So, wait, did they have any of the um, Federation of Beer beers available or the... Not that I saw, no. Ten Ford Vodka or the Scotty Scotch or... They didn't even have the Chateau Picard. Okay. There might be a logistic or, you know, licensing air with... between. Yeah, that was probably a licensing thing. They only have the alcohol that Royal Caribbean has the license for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been an international... um, I went to Dr. Aaron McDonald's Scotch tasting and they were also Mm -hmm. limited to the Scotch that was on board because... She was contractually not allowed to bring on her own scotch, so they had to they had to use four bottles of scotch that were already there for the bars on the ship. Same with the uh, Casey Biggs mixology class. There were some things that he wanted, but they didn't have. There were some things that he wanted, they told him they didn't have, but actually ended up having. So I was like, okay. But uh, they also had a um, so. Something different about the cruise in STOV, there's not a vendor's hall. So there's nowhere for right, you. Right, to- there was just the gift shop place oh. that. Station training post. Yeah. Yeah, that it, unless you stood in line the first day, most of the things were gone. But, yeah, well, okay, I'm a little. Okay, so I saw a shirt I wanted. When we got in there, they ran out of sizes and they told us, oh, we're keeping stock. We're going to replenish every day. So the next day, I come back and. All the shirts were gone. I asked about it, and they go, oh, we're out of the shirts. I was like, are you kidding yep. me? Tell me this. Same thing happened to me. I wanted to get the one that looked like the neutral zone map from Balance of Terror that had all the islands that we stopped at. Oh, and yeah. They, ha- they had it in, like, small, medium, and 6X when I was there. I'm like, this is useless. Um, and they said, oh, we'll have more tomorrow. And I went tomorrow. I'm like, we don't have that one anymore. I'm like... I would have bought the 6X and worn it as a ridiculous sleep shirt or something if you had told me that was the only option. I mean... Me and Wormad was 
few days later, I guess they end up ordering more shipping, got more shipping in because a shirt showed up. It was a Voyager 25th anniversary shirt that was like the baseball sleeve one. Because we were oh, just, yeah. I, I looked in and there the shirt was right there. I was like, well, I didn't, I wouldn't have bought the other shirt because I thought it was out. So, uh, Sky and I spent too much money in that store. Yeah. I did get one shirt that I love there, which is, uh, it, it's Captain Kirk wearing a Hawaiian shirt, holding a horgon and smirking. Yeah. Oh, the long sleeves and it has like, um, no, I got the one that was the t-shirt. Okay. I got the, you have to see pictures posted on the website now. (laughs) I want to see this shirt. Two things that um, I wanted to mention because we haven't brought them up yet. And one is the museum, the onboard museum was a I never got a chance to see that. I wasn't expecting full of props from various shows, but a lot of really cool props from Picard. And yeah, uh, it was only open like certain hours every you know, day. And every time I thought, oh, I'll go see that museum, it was closed. Yeah. Well, and the, and the one time we. Days to get in. The one time we walk in. They were interviewing Garrett Wong, doing uh, interview for another podcast or the no, it was a Voyager documentary that was being filmed, and so they let people in. You just kind of had to stay off to the side watching them. But it's kind of cool to listen in on that. Yeah, so I like the museum, and the other thing that has really nothing to do with the cruise line and everything to do with our people is that we have um, Facebook group where people get together and communicate yep. stuff. And I'm telling you, I got my, all my uh, back and forth transportation to the uh, airport through just communicating with people in the Facebook group. Yes. And I actually, the Facebook group is very useful. Yes. Yeah. I, I will say, be prepared to see a lot of entitled whining in that group though. Yeah, I know. I just brush that off. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, that was the that was the one part that I was sad I didn't have the Wi-Fi package was because there was so much talk going on the Facebook group page that I really felt like I missed out on because, you know, everyone's like, oh, we're going here. And, you know, when I finally got Wi-Fi, like in Puerto Rico or back to Miami, I was like, oh, man, look at all that I missed. So that was one one thing I was sad because yeah. I didn't have Wi-Fi that I couldn't connect because that's how everyone was talking. That is yeah, the why Wi-Fi we... is expensive, slow, unreliable, but also necessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was how we connected. It was how we knew how many people would be at dinner to tell our server and stuff. Right, yeah. That's why I missed it so many times. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Once we got it, it was like you guys are saying it. We had another group that we've known for a few years that were on here and they actually have been to STOV as well. And we were trying to catch them in the hallway and you know how hard it is to catch up with people during the day because everybody's doing their own separate things. We managed to do it, I think one time, but once we got the Wi-Fi package that helped us out so much to communicate with them and organize, Hey, are you guys available for dinner and that type of thing? One of the things that kind of blew my mind was um, somebody had posted in the Facebook group, bring magnets, get these particular kind of magnets. I'm like, okay, why do I need these wackadoodle magnets? So I got some and everything is metal. The walls are metal in your cabin. So we got those t-shirts and we just took like the magnets and we hung up our, our souvenir t-shirt thing up on the wall, like a wall decoration, like a poster. And then we got posters and we hung up our posters on the, we were able to decorate the walls of our cabin with these goofy magnets. 
And even at one point I had this rabbit, this toy rabbit I needed to give away that we had just bought for a photo op. And I was able to just hang the rabbit on the outside of my door and somebody came in and picked it up. So those magnets were pretty darn handy. Also get a whiteboard. Because you can uh, contact, you can write things like on your door for people walking by to say, hey, where you're at. Or to communicate with your, your cabin um, steward. You know, the, the guy who comes to clean your rooms or the lady who cleans clean your room. You can ask, hey, I need more towels or hey, can you change the sheets? It was really oh, nice. No, I didn't think of that. That's a great idea. Do, do they come magnetic? Yeah. I got mine at uh, Daiso for fifty. Well, we have one of those when they reopen. Yeah. Everything's closed <laughs> in California right now. Uh, but silly me. And here in Pennsylvania, too. I forgot to bring Expo markers, so uh, they didn't really help us this year. But help us last year. Yeah, the one thing we did, we uh, we used, because we brought magnets as well, and we hung up the day schedule right there where it was almost on the way out to the door. That way we could stop and look and just kind of confirm we're doing this, this, and this, and we wouldn't miss out on any major thing we wanted to do. What I started doing, when they would put the new the schedule in your room every day, I would take a photo of it so yeah. that I could just pull yep. it up on my phone. I, we did that too. I actually did that with one of the uh, the drink menus because I was going to go get a drink from that night, and the lady almost didn't know what I was talking about until I brought up the photo and showed her exactly what it was, and she goes, oh, yeah. Because there's a lot that they have to keep up with, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, do we have any closing thoughts about the cruise? Do it. Come on the cruise. It's fun. Do it. Do it. No peer pressure. Do it. Yes, but yeah, join us next year, Robert. It's going to be Star Trek The Cruise 5, the search for why does God need a cruise ship? <laughs> yeah. It's actually going to be Enterprise themed <laughs> next year um, with uh, Connor Trenier and Anthony Montgomery are going to be on it. Yeah, but it's going to be The Cruise 5. Why does God need a cruise ship? <laughs> because God likes to have fun just like the rest of us. <laughs> That's right. Next year is the Enterprise 20th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wish should definitely go go to the pre-cruise party. You don't have to stay at the hotel that's staying there. Is that ridiculous? Yeah, I, in fact, I would say don't stay in the hotel. I did stay in that hotel this year, and I regret it. The room was fine, but it was so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we, we stayed at a place nearby. Yeah. We stayed in uh, Fort Lauderdale. with We had actually some friends in Fort Lauderdale, so it was super cool to get to visit them for one day. But I had so, to the party. Get to know the people before you go. Uh, that's how we made a lot of friends the first year we went because they had a board game gaming day before the party started. Uh, they didn't do it this year, but we did. We went with those same friends and did something else. But um, definitely come to the party, cruise party, pre-party beforehand. Go on the cruise, have fun, and just, just do the cruise. <laughs> the cruise is awesome. Yes, I would agree. Do the cruise. Yeah, I agree. Amy, sign up for the cruise again. Oh my goodness! Don't <laughs> have dinner you with them. Come. I know. I just I missing that much work really stressed me out. I get it. I'm a teacher too. I understand. Yeah. Well, would I be able to wear the red sweater on the cruise? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of oh, course yeah. you can. You would want the red sweater if you went up topside for sure. <laughs> or if you or if you sat 
if you went to a panel held in Studio B, which is on top of an ice rink. Yes. Yeah, that was, I was always cold. I think he can deal with, I was never, we were actually, the temperature was pretty well maintained in that cruise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it. Not like Vegas, where you feel like you're walking around in a in a popsicle storage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I would just walk outside in Vegas just to warm up for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'd like to thank all of you for being on the podcast tonight. And if anyone wanted to follow you on social media, how would they be able to do that? It'd be at TX Trucky Girl. Uh, all together or underscore, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's just look up t- uh, at TX Trucky Girl. Girl with a U, not an I. And on Twitter, I'm at Species8471. Um, I'm just on Facebook uh, with my name, Debbie Ranke, but um, also if you're in the San Francisco area, we have a group, Golden Gate OA Team. Uh, join us. We do local stuff around here, too. I'm on Twitter at Tyrannicus. That's T-Y-R-A-N-I-C-U-S. Okay. And you can find me... <laughs> On Twitter, at Miss Amy Nelson, I do a couple podcasts myself uh, on Trek FM, where I host Earl Gray, and I'm on United Federation and Podcasts, where I host All Good Things. All right, and thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having us. This thank you, Robert. Yeah, thank you very much. This was great. So I'd like to thank my guests tonight on the podcast, Debbie Renke, Amy Nelson, Jenny Hay, Scott Sterling, and Thad Haight for coming on and sharing their experiences on Star Trek The Cruise 4, the one with the whales. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, If you can take a moment, if you can rate and review the podcast, on however you're downloading this, we're available on a plethora of platforms. Stitcher, we're now on the iHeartRadio app, the Google Podcasting app, iTunes, um, however you get your podcasts. So just take a moment and rate and review the podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, the host, my Twitter handle is at Robert Reyes, all one word, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-E-Y-E-S. If you want to contact the podcast, we're on Twitter at Promenade Pod. We're on Facebook, just search Promenade Podcast. And if you'd like to email the show, it's promenadepodcast at gmail.com. So thank you for listening. Next week, we're going to be doing something a little different. Um, next week is going to be the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13. Come back for that. So this is Robert Reyes. We will see you next time.